Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. Today I'm speaking with senior European analyst Adriano Bassoni about the economy. Adriano, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Emily. Most of the data coming from Europe now suggests that the continent's economic outlook is pretty negative. What are the continent's main challenges in the coming months? Well, the European Union is facing challenges at the national level, but also at the supranational level. At the national level, countries are doing as much as they can to reopen their economies after prolonged periods of quarantine. Most countries in Europe have um, severely softened their lockdown measures in, in recent weeks because they want to reactivate the economy. But of course, it will take weeks, if not months, for economic activity to gain momentum again in Europe. And, and most forecasts from the International Monetary Fund, from the European Union, predict that even if Europe sees some modest growth in 2021, it may not be enough to compensate for the losses of 2020. And then, of course, there's the debates at the supranational level, the European Union is trying to react to the coronavirus crisis in a coordinated way, but so far the results are mixed. Uh, on the one hand, uh, the European Commission recently announced a massive stimulus package, 750 billion euros to help countries in distress, but there are disputes over how the money should be spent. Northern Europe wants loans so that the South can pay them back. Southern Europe wants grants so that uh, the, the, the money comes almost for free. So they have to decide how the money is going to be disbursed. The European Commission is also trying to coordinate the lifting of the border controls within Europe, but so far most countries are pretty much acting unilaterally. And you have a situation in which one country opens its border, but the neighboring country does not, so people can leave the country, but they can't go back. So it's, it's pretty much um, everyone for itself right now. Is Europe's reaction to the COVID-19 crisis different from what the government and institutions did during the financial crisis back in uh, 28 to 2010? Yes, the situation is quite different in the sense that uh, this time around, the EU is willing to spend significant amounts of money to contain the recessions. Uh, as I said, the, the commission announced a really big stimulus package, but then each member state also announced big uh, packages like cheap loans to companies. They are helping companies pay the salaries of their workers. They are helping people who lose their jobs. They are helping uh, self-employed workers. So there is a lot of money being spent right now. Whereas with the financial crisis a decade ago, uh, most of the policies were in the direction of spending cuts, tax hikes, the kind of austerity measures that actually made recessions worse. But of course, this new approach creates problems of its own because all these stimulus measures are being paid through debt. Um, and the European Union recently um, warned that by the end of the year, seven of the 19 members of the Eurozone will have a debt-to-GDP ratio above 100%. Um, this is a symbolic threshold. It doesn't matter so much as long as financial markets believe that these countries are able to service that debt. If they stop believing that, then a financial crisis could take place. Um, the European Central Bank, in this regard, is a key actor. Um, its massive QE program uh, through which it, it purchases debt from the Eurozone 
helps countries keep their borrowing costs uh, within tolerable margins. There's an ongoing conversation about the potential creation of a quote-unquote bad bank to absorb non-performing loans from the private sector. So the, the, the ECB is definitely at, at the heart of the measures and it's probably the main actor to watch in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like this crisis may have political or social repercussions there. Yes, definitely, because um, we have the political discussion. On the one hand, in the in a very immediate term, the COVID-19 pandemic has strengthened most governments because people thought that this was not the right time to criticize our government. This is the, the, the time for strong leadership. So we saw countries that before the crisis were in a fragile situation suddenly becoming more um, robust and, and with, with higher uh, levels of popular support. But of course, as soon as the worst part of the crisis is over, the blame game will begin and the pre-existing political disputes will, will come back. Uh, France was in the middle of approving a very controversial reforms of the pensions sector that led to massive protests by unions and other groups. Italy had a very fragile uh, government coalition that was permanently on the brink of collapse. Spain has a minority government that is struggling to get legislation approved. Germany, which is now very united and very strong behind Merkel, will have to face the fact that Angela Merkel will not seek re-election next year and there will be a power vacuum in the, in the main economy in Europe. So lots of problems that were there before the coronavirus crisis, then the coronavirus crisis put them on hold, but they are making a comeback. And of course, whenever in Europe you have a combination of high unemployment, contracting economies, some issues about the situation of minorities, as we saw in, in protests in recent days. All of this creates a fertile ground for social unrest, but also for anti-establishment political parties seeking to capitalize on that unrest. Wow. That's a lot to think about. Thank you so much for that analysis. Thank you, Emily. Adriano Bassoni is Stratfor's senior European analyst. You can read more of his writing at Stratfor Worldview. Podcast listeners get a special subscription rate. You can find that at stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's stratfor.com slash podcast offer. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. <laughs>